Readers of The New Criterion may not need an introduction to Rebecca West. Her literature, life, and politics have been discussed in these pages on several occasions. Yet even those familiar with her biography and body of work will find startling new material in this superbly edited collection of her correspondence. Although West was always outspoken, her letters reveal a behind-the-scenes candor that provides refreshing insight into her reporting on the suffragists, the New Deal, Yugoslavia, the Nuremberg Trials, the Cold War, communism, and much more. Devotees of her great novels, The Fountain Overflows and The Birds Fall Down, will be granted a new awareness of the autobiographical and historical roots of her fiction. Born in 1892, West remembered the silver jubilee of Queen Victoria and the sight of soldiers returning from the Boer War. This collection begins with a letter to the Scotsman, October 16, 1907, in which a 14-year-old West, then still using her family name, Cicely Isabel Fairfield, expresses her strong opinions on the subjection of women. A feminist and a socialist, West was also attracted to the stage. Indeed, her pen name is that of Ibsen's heroine in Rosmersholm. At a very age, in other words, West was already an accomplished writer and a figure bound to attract the public eye. Short, dark-featured, opinionated, West did not seem to theater directors the kind of ingenue they could fit into their productions. Abandoning a theatrical career, she began writing for journals such as The New Free Woman and The Clarion, and was adopted by literary lights such as Ford Maddox Ford, who admired her keen intelligence and astringent style. West came to Ford's attention when she had reviewed one of his novels rather negatively. Similarly, H.G. Wells took her up after she ridiculed his view of women in Marriage, one of his conversation novels. In both cases, she challenged these men in the name of their better books. Naturally, they had to meet the precocious writer who exuded such an air of authority. How West became entangled with Wells is an often told story, but Scott includes letters that provide the context for their ten-year affair and show how West eventually extricated herself by going to America in 1923. Scott includes a long letter that West sent to one of her sisters describing New York in the 1920s. It is of extraordinary interest as an almost documentary recreation of a moment in history. The two biographies of West did not have the space to do this letter and others justice. West crossed the Atlantic dozens of times in the 1920s and 1930s, writing stories, articles, and columns for the New York Herald Tribune, the New York American, the Bookman, the New Republic, and many other newspapers and journals. She warned of the rise of fascism and the likelihood of a Second World War. She went to Washington and met many officials in the Roosevelt administration, including Francis Biddle, who later became her lover during the Nuremberg trials. What makes West so indispensable is her acute literary and political sensibilities. Her yoking of the psychological and the sociological, her understanding of the individual psyche and of bureaucracy. Only in her letters do you learn that while she supported the New Deal from the start, she had misgivings about its shoddy administration, 
poorly conceived programs, and lax security procedures. West never minced words, and never pretended not to have visceral reactions to people which influenced her opinions of them. Eleanor Roosevelt is the most hideous being imaginable, and was dressed fantastically badly, and radiated charm and vitality, partly the result of her lovely voice, West wrote to New Yorker editor Harold Ross, who commissioned many of her brilliant post-war reports on spy trials. West's comment on Roosevelt demonstrates her penchant for exaggeration. Most hideous, really? For the most part, Editor Scott lets West have her way with words, however extravagant. But occasionally in the notes, the editor rightly feels compelled to point out errors in West's reports, or inaccurate gossip, or simply prejudices that other observers of the scene or members of her family did not share.